Boom, what's happening? It's your boy, Joe Black. Mr. Caper going to be joining us in a little bit. We got a legendary, special, I'm a fan first and foremost, let me put it out there. We got a legendary guest on the line today, man, from the Goody Mob. Big Gip, what's happening, man? Dungeon family, what's going on? What's up, King? How you doing, Black? What's going on with you, man? Nothing, man. Laying low in the style, man, on the porch, man. I know that's right. I know that's right. How's, how's this pandemic treating you, brother? Oh, uh, man, I'm just staying out the way, man. You know, in the backwoods, you know, it ain't really, it didn't really, really affect us like that. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, we, we, we locked down real early. I think that uh, for us locking down real early, I think it helped us in the long run because it, it really didn't spread that hard in Atlanta. It was, it was a few cases of people who was coming in and out, you know, coming from the big city or whatever, landing back home. But, I mean, I think it, it pretty much, uh, we we pretty much uh, rode it through, but notice uh, for this winter, I think it's gonna be different for everybody. You know what I mean? I think it's gonna be different for everybody. So I would say that the most important thing that you need to do, man, you know, uh, fall and broke back here in the backwoods. So you know, it's kind of it's 53, it's 53 degrees at night. So with that being said, I said, man, you know, you need to go and get you a deep freezer for the house. <laughs> right. And you need to go and get you a generator if you stay in the crib. So, you know, like, you know, where you you always protect it throughout the throughout the uh, the winter time, man. Because you know we don't know what's gonna happen this winter. I know that's right, man. Man, look. Aside from all that, the legendary Goody Mob gift. When y'all hit the scene, man, rap was different. Mm -hmm. And y'all definitely brought something different. Well, let's let's just keep it a buck. You were right there when the A took over hip-hop, and you, you kind of really haven't let it go since. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know what it is, King? Like, one, one thing people don't understand is during that time, I think uh, people don't really reckon, understand that that source of was, like, that was the first time that all of us ever saw each other in the flesh. You know what I mean? And that was the first time we got to see you know, Dr. Dre and Death Row and, you know, Wu-Tang and, you know, everybody that was pushing hip-hop at the time, but you got to look that the South was the smallest cat in the room because we, we were the small cats like the West Coast and South and, and New York. You got to look. It was already great in those towns. It was already great, already platinum artists. We, we, we looked at it in the South as the first to ever break well, we took it worldwide, so it was like, yeah, like when we came back home after that, after that, uh, was it put a battery in our back. It made us want to be the best, you know. And I think we taught our kids. That's why I think Atlanta has not stopped since since we came back home from that from that experience. Because when we came back home, we sh we told Atlanta, you got to do your own music. You got to always be an artist. You got to push the envelope, and I think that these kids have done that, man. Like for this, for for so many eras to go after us, like you got the Ti's, you got the G's, right. you got the Gucci Man's, you got the, <laughs> now you got the Young Thugs, you got the Future that's from Dungeon Family, you got you, you know what I mean, you got the Street Kid, the, the Street Kids like Pee Wee Longway, you, you got the Russes who who represent uh, on a whole worldwide situation. You got the little Nas X. He doing his thing on what he doing. You got the Migos. You got little Baby. You got little Yachty. It's like these kids just understand that man, as long as we keep pushing and keep doing what Atlanta do, we ain't got
got to worry about what nobody else do. And I think that's the, the reason the reason why these kids got such a up foot in the game is that we got strip clubs. We the, we the king of the strip club yeah. culture. Yes, sir. So as long as, we, as long as we got strip clubs, we can take a record right out of the studio and take it right into Magic City and, and and get a reaction from the girls to see if it's a dope record. So we don't need radio to tell us if the people going to like it. We already know most of the time in Atlanta, the records, they, they take off in the street, then they get to the radio, but they start in the street first. That's crazy, man, because y'all actually are the section that, yeah, if the, if the strip club love it, it's going to go. It's going to go. It's going to go, King. And you don't need radio to tell you that. That's why, you know, what what's happened in other states, they'll never be able to shut us down. If They they, they, they could take radio away from the artists in Atlanta, and they still going to be able to survive in the chitlin' circuit. You know what I mean? So it's like that's why you have such artists like Gucci Man. He survived for years in the chitlin' circuit. So he didn't need radio. So now that he understands the radio game, when you, it even makes him more stronger. And look, man, he's still bringing more artists to the game like Mulatto. She just went gold. People going to have to understand. They're going to have to stop. They're going to they gonna have to rewrite these history books in hip-hop, man, because what they indeed is they made these history books say one thing, and Atlanta's still changing. Every, it's changing every day. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's every day somebody reaching a new mark and a new a new situation. So it's like, I don't know, bro. Like, you know, I thought I would never see, you know, a, a, a place like Tyler Perry got over there. When I was a kid, you know, Tyler Perry Studios was a military base. I used to go on that military base with my dad and, and, and get food. So for me to see that a black man owns that in a neighborhood that we come from, it's like it's monumental, man. It's like we're changing the whole game of how people are supposed to look at black people in the United States. And that's what we want. We really want Atlanta to be the Rakonda. Like, this is where you come. But we don't have to. Well, can't nobody tell us what to do. We the law here. Right. And that's the way and that's the way it is in music. So you gotta understand with us. I was put in the game by LA Reed and Babyface. They always they didn't understand Atlanta. They didn't understand what we was doing. They said, Hey man, we believe in what y'all doing. Organized Noise did a remix for TLC. TLC brought Organized Noise through the door. We're going to believe in y'all since y'all helped us. First thing they did was put Outkast on. Second thing they did was put Goody Mob on. And if you see, if you go back and listen to Goody Mob album, that's when we start bringing Cool Breeze. That's when we brought Backbone. That's when we brought... It's always the, the Dungeon family is who laid the seed in the city. Hey, man, when you get in, you pulled somebody else. Up. When one right. more get in, we put five more. We started that, man, and that's and that's been and, and it doesn't die, man. It doesn't die. It's like people don't understand Southside. That's my little nephew. I grew up with his father. Damn. So when I when when we, when we was working on one of my groups before the Goody Mob, the East Point Chain Gang, Southside was in the crib, right there in the crib as a child, listening to us try and get into rap music. So you gotta understand, like, to watch him now and know that he's Southside, and that's Metro, and he one of the biggest producers in the world. It's like, wow, bro. You know? I, I mean, it's like, man, you guys can't. I mean, I don't even know how to to to, to continue with that, man, because you came from the era where no one sounded like Goody Mob. 
No one sounded like Nas. No one sounded like Dre and them. I mean, how do you see the hip hop culture today? Yeah, how I see the hip hop culture today? Hip hop is hip hop, man. You know, we say that no one sounded like no one, but everybody in their own perspective did. Because if you think about it, like Dre them NWA, when they once they put that down for the West Coast, that's what the West Coast culture was. You know what I mean? Right. Once, once, you know, like LL Cool J run DMC, that's what their culture was. So people followed their culture and did what they did. But it was just so funny during that time. I would say this, you had to be the best to be in in, in that circle back then. See, you, you couldn't be, you couldn't, you didn't have the internet to go and look at style, go and look at how somebody did it and imitate them. See, we couldn't imitate. All we had was BET. So every week, everybody from their own perspective areas, all we had was BET. So we always looked at BET, but when we looked at BET, we only seen certain cultures. And at, at, at that time, you saw Luke Skywalker really represent for the South. You saw you saw Ghetto Boys represent for the South. Right. You saw you saw NWA represent for the West. You saw up in up in New York, they was doing their thing. It was. Plenty of people, Public Enemy, EPMD, I mean, the guys of rap, you know what I mean? Yes, but, sir. you know, we look we look at the Dungeon Family as, the Dungeon Family is the first group of kids from the South that said, we're going to take on hip-hop. We're we not, we not club music. We're not shaky booty music. We're not gangster music. We music. Right. You know what I mean? We music. We didn't come in having something to look to. See, you got to understand, with the Dungeon family, we are the king, we are the creators of our style. Yeah. It wasn't nobody to, to look up to, that gift could look up to and say, yo, I can create my style. Now I can tell you who are my favorite rappers. My favorite rappers, who I cre- how I created Gip, oh, that's Ice-T. He was the coolest from the West Coast, man, and had knowledge, and it was gangster. And from the East, it was Chuck D. He taught me so much. That's who I learned. I, that was the first man I heard the name Farrakhan from. Wow. You know what I mean? So, so you know, like, rap to me during that time, it was really education because we couldn't, you couldn't go to New York. You couldn't go to California. The first time Goody Mob came to California, there was no rappers in Hollywood. Rappers didn't hang out in Hollywood. Rappers was in South Central. I stayed at a hotel, the Holiday Inn, by by the airport, and and I got with a man called 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 Mister Mister Spencer. Mister Spencer took us around L.A. First place we went to was Jordan Downs. Jordan Downs was the first place that they took us. The second place was the Slauson Swap Meet. First time I inquired, I ran into L.A. Crips. Mm. Second place I went, you know what I mean, was Jim Jim Brown House, the famous meeting of all the heads and chiefs of all the games. Right. I, mean, I was at that. We Goody Mar was the only people there from outside. But they were the outsiders. I met the real L.A. during them times. That's when Mike Conception was very visible on the streets out there. You know what I mean? So, get, I, 
We went to Mike Conception house. That's when you had to be invited in to L.A. You had to meet the chiefs of L.A. To, before you could just walk around and do songs in these different neighborhoods. Talk, so, that, talk that was, shit, Gil. Talk that I, shit. I, I, I was very much, very much introduced to L.A. from the early 80s of why L.A. was ran. You had to meet these different people to even do these concerts. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really understood. The first time I met OG, OGB, he was selling tapes in the, in, in, in the parking lot uh, of Slauson Swap Meet. That's when I got my first tapes was I heard underground LA. Mm. All the underground all the underground artists. LA was just LA was a different place then. That was before LA shut down. That was when LA was still wide open. I mean I remember seeing Sugar Free perform at a at, at a concert in LA before it shut down. I remember L.A. when L.A. stayed open all night. Yeah. It was a different town. It was a different scene, man. L.A. was beautiful. First time Goody Ma performed was down at Robert Harrison's, his comedy show, down on Crenshaw. Damn. Rest in peace, Robin Harris. Hey, man. We was introduced to the real L.A. Peanuts hung out in there. Mike Tyson. Man, Queen Latifah. Mm. Old school LA, man. Mm. Nico. Hotel Nico. Man, you talking about so, so with me, like, it was a different thing, man. Like, coming to LA, getting with Tupac, going to the Death Row Studios, and hit him up before the world heard it. When nobody in the room was Gil Tupac and Lisa Left Eye. Really? What was that whole vibe like, man? It was the greatest, man. That's when Pocket just got home. Death Row was at his pinnacle. L.A. was, LA was popping in, man. L.A. was so... You, you got to remember, man, L.A. had Black Hollywood was going on at his pinnacle. John Singleton, Minister to Society. Everything, everything about L.A.'s culture had finally got out to the world. So to be that I was mingling with those chiefs and them and them and them kings back then. It's amazing, man. First person to say us, I mean we got we went over to Crenshaw one time. They did a soul food restaurant. And I mean when Cujo walked down the street, he was like, Man, I need to walk some of this off. He walked down the street and I mean when CJ Mack pulled up put put Cujo in the car. Wow. Told me you don't walk around here, Joe. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You don't, walk, you don't walk around here, Joe. Yeah, man. The first person I'm gonna tell you. Hold on, hold, hold on one second. Give that. Let me let me let me punch my co-host in. Big Gip. What's up, King? Okay, Mr. Caper on the line. My co-host. Uh, Gip, is in the, Gip is in the middle of telling us about the real L.A., man. How, the real L.A.? No. I'm telling you, let me tell you, uh, man, let me tell y'all, the first per, the first people to bring us to L.A. was not was not our people. The first people to bring Goody Mob to L.A. was Kid Frost. Wow. I don't, 
the Mighty Brown. That's how I give that. The first time we performed in L.A. was with Kid Frost. Wow. And the Goody Mars was opening up for Kid Frost. Wow. So they just they, they love cell therapy. They love cell oh. therapy in, in, in the Latin community. They love it. And that was how I met. That's how. That's how. I, uh, uh, that's how I met Estrevino. That's when we. That's that's how Goody Mob became Soul Assassins with Mug. First person to put a tattoo on me was Mr. Cartoon. Mr. Cartoon. Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. Oh, yeah. You lock, you locked in with LA for sure. Yeah, first person. That's when Mr. Cartoon he did tattoos on Melrose. You know, you know what's crazy, Gip, because you telling us this real. I mean, man, you like really went there a few moments ago before we patched Caper in. So is that what birthed the relationship between you and Daz to where y'all dropped the ATLA album? Yeah, like it's always been that like that with us, with them, because like me and Corrupt, Corrupt always was in Atlanta. Corrupt, Dungeon Family West. Wow. So, Corrupt and Dads, we always had a communication. We always was together. Snoop used to bring us weed at the at the La When he drove a Pathfinder, he used to pull up. Just Snoop used to be used to bring us weed. Mm. So, that's how you got to look, though. Back then, all of us, all this shit was new. We still were street niggas. <laughs> we, we still with street news because at that time Death Row hadn't toured nowhere. They was at home. They was at home superheroes. We was at home superheroes. We just started touring, so we was still you not used to being gone. So all we knew was to call each other. Mm-hmm. And so the relationships with us has always been so deep because L.A. back then, if you didn't know certain people, you couldn't go certain places. And if you didn't have, if, if you was, and, and and back then you couldn't fake who you was, right? You couldn't, and 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 I, and I got the man name who took me through 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 L.A. for the first time. The first time I ever went on a straight L.A. underground promo. We going to nothing but projects. We going to the jungle. We going to Great Street. We going through 60s. We going through the 30s. We going through the 40s. We doing the 20s. That was Scotty Spencer. Damn. A man called Scotty Spencer. Mm. He is one of the he's one of the architects of really moving West Coast and music around during them times. He don't get a lot of credit. A lot of people don't know him, but he's also the man behind Death Row. I remember first going in the radio station and first start seeing Death Row Town. Like, yo, this this new this new record company called Death Row. I, I remember the first, that's when we met Corrupt. Mm. Corrupt went back and forth. Corrupt stayed in Atlanta for years and people didn't even know. Dad's been staying in Atlanta for years and people didn't even know.
was it or how I'll say valuable was it at that time to have that West Coast sound down there in Atlanta being taking advantage of the West Coast sound down there at that time? It's always been great because you got to understand, man, one place that Daz always get his love for being and doing what he did is in Atlanta. It's a statue of Tupac here. Wow. You know? So this is where Daz should be here. That that man looked out for Daz. Daz had his biggest hits with Tupac. That's the greatest thing about going to the West Coast, baby. You turn that radio on, baby. Hey, man, you're going to hear pop, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to hear pop. You know what I mean? And that's what I love about y'all, because y'all going to keep that West Coast going. You know what I mean? I love it. I'm going to tell you one thing. I love Rowdy Rich. I love that a youngin' from L.A. understood, get around Nip. Get around young thugs. Learn what the flavor is. Yeah. Learn how to grow. Melody. Melody yeah. is the key. Yeah. Everybody ain't in the gangster rap. You got to understand, during them times, man, you got to understand, man, it was so gangster, man. I mean, we did a concert. We did a concert in Watts. I remember it was Goody Mob, Young Bloods, and it was somebody else. And I remember the, they took all the Young Bloods posters down in the neighborhood. The Chiefs. <laughs> they took all that down, man. You know, they got pulled down. You know what I mean? But in our, but in our dressing room, you had Gray Street. You had Bounty Hunters. You had everybody. No fights. That's beautiful. They always, they always told us, they said, bro, y'all the only one can do this beside Pop. I mean, we walked in Jordan Downs. I mean, one of my homeboys had on a red jacket. I remember, man, them doors start popping over, man. Them guns start putting, you start seeing them weapons. Hey, man, we sitting back to the van. They said, Gil, only thing we let walk right here with red on, man, is y'all and Pop, man. Damn. It don't happen. It, that's when L.A. was L.A. <laughs> you, respected, you respected the game. You understood what it is. And you got to understand, we got we got brought in by the mighty brown side. So respect, south side of north, we understood the difference. Right. We are Cypress Hill. Uh, uh, be real. First person put us in a dually and ride us around the east side. Be mm. real. You know what I mean? So, like, we was really, really... We, we got taken to, actually, to to the Cypress Hill headquarters, which was where Cartoon them had the cartoon van, Estravino, and he said, Gil, hey, man, each way you look, it's 100 games this way, 100 games <laughs> this way, 100 games that way, 100 games that way. This our life. Mm. See me? Like, I was really educated where you know, corrupt, like like when Big U came home, I was at Big U coming home dinner. Damn. I was the only one there. Damn. From Atlanta. You know what I mean? So my thing, where LA goes so back with so many so many sides, Booyah Tribe, Big Gotti. Yeah. Hey, hey, trade, cookie. You know what I mean? Magic. 
I know them all, man. I know them all. Keep it known. That's why I get walk around like, man, y'all don't even understand. This a different world from the 90s. Back then, it was active. Uh, this playtime. Wow. You know, when I went to L.A., like I told, I told Ali this. I, when I met Ali and Nelly, I went up, and, and Nelly had a house up on Sunset. Me and Ali got together. We started doing songs. We did eight songs. I told Ali, right. I said, man, when I first came to L.A., it wasn't no, was no rappers in Hollywood. He said, Gil, we ain't been nothing but the four seasons in Beverly. <laughs> man. Yeah. Hey, man, let me tell you something, man. When I came to Hollywood, baby, it was it was your hotel door might have been outside. Mm. So you gotta understand just to be able to watch what Death Row did, man, it was it was incredible to sit in that room and watch Death Row do that that night. That was the most incredible shit I ever seen in my life. I was like, but I, I had never seen DJ Quick before. Give tell us the That's story. The tell, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, you have to tell the story because you started it, but you didn't finish it. Tell us the story the night you, Left Eye, and Pac were in the lab, and he didn't hit him up. Man. Okay. Boom. Where we at? Boom. He at home. We already been talking to him. So, boom, the tour come through. We on tour. It's us. I'm on tour right now. So, it's Goody Mob, De La Soul, and Fishbone. We on tour. We come through L.A. He called us, he said, Kippy, I'm at the studio. Come by the studio. I'm like, where you at? He said, I'm at the Death Row studio. Boom. 